Hi, this is Tricia Lewis and welcome to the Make It Real podcast aimed at small business owners to help you build your business without selling your soul. I've walked the walk, my guests have walked the walk and now we're all talking the talk from branding, content creation, marketing to fear sorting and real you unsquashing so many insights and tips. So stay tuned. Oh, I'm going to really enjoy this episode and I know you are too um, because it's all about baggage, 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 baggage. Um, and and we've got somebody who, who has a lot of baggage. No, that doesn't sound right. I'm interviewing somebody who knows a lot about getting rid of baggage. Um, so I have got the fabulous Lucy Griffin Stiff, who is a life and mindset coach. Those are just words. We won't worry about those really because we all know we're, there's lots of us coaches and we never really quite find a very easy way to describe what we do because it's so rich and varied and evolving and everything else. But anyway, she does know a lot about reprogramming our old wiring and uh, getting into that future and reclaiming ourselves and all the rest of it. So without more to do, and I know Lucy very well from our LinkedIn friendship. So fabulous to see you, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. That was a very nice, neat response to my rambling introduction. <laughs> right. No more will I be rambling because I'm going to let you do all the rambling. <laughs> let's, let's we can ramble going. on nicely together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this journey that you've been on, where obviously, like every human being, you accumulated baggage from the minute you literally were born. Um, number one where, where were you actually but where do you live where do i live i live in a little village called colsterworth which is um in the south of lincolnshire it's just north of stamford just south of grantham if you know those two places yeah it's at moments like this that i realize that i haven't seen the entire united kingdom <laughs> <laughs> and Link lincolnshire seems to have somehow been missed off my travels yeah anyway i'll put that right to some stage um but that's well, a very really very big county so you need to sort of you know yeah. pick your places <laughs> okay okay well that's that's lovely and were you is this where you um grew up and started work and all the rest of it i grew up in um rutland which is the smallest county in the country which is mm. literally just over the border from where we are now but about twice as expensive so hence why i live <laughs> hence why i live just over the border in colesterworth um so yeah, so that's where I grew up and I went to school in Stamford and then I went to Bournemouth University where you did too. I know. Uh, although slightly later on than, than when I went. Four years. It was, you were there, you left four years before I started. And that, listeners, in case you've got really confused there, is because I went as what they call a mature student. Okay. Yes. Um. <laughs> Whereas I went when I was young. Yes, exactly. Young and accumulating baggage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so... So yeah, I went to Bournemouth University and then did what most people do, went to London for a while and, you know, lived with friends in London and built a career in London. Um, and, uh, and then eventually, you know, what you do is you start creeping back home as you get older, don't you? And uh, <laughs> I've been sort of trying to make my, yeah. my way backwards again um, since I left my corporate career. Yes. Yeah, so when did, so you left your corporate career and started your business is it was it as simple as that <laughs> made it sound uh, simple pretty yeah almost yeah I mean it was it was basically because I um got pregnant and had a baby mm. 
and I knew I couldn't go back to commuting the big commute that I was doing into London because we'd already moved um, you know back this way out of London and um, there was just no way I was going to make that work and be able to see my daughter so I thought well I'm just gonna have to set up something of my own um, and it kind of evolved out of me learning how to blog when I was on maternity leave because I was so bored and I was going insane um, because I was so used to working and I was so used to have having a purpose and identity and I felt like I totally lost that when when I had my baby because I was just at home being a mum and nothing else and I was just like god like who even am I anymore and um, so to sort of give me something to do I started a blog and um, it's not it's not up there anymore but I'd originally called it bottle for two because I was like right well she's having a bottle <laughs> and I have a glass of wine as well because I'm, I'm a big lover of wine and um Anyway, yeah, so I called it Bottle for Two because I thought that was funny. And, and I sort of learned how to do the online world. So um, I built my own website and I learned how to do social media and promote the blog and whatever else. And then I thought, well, hang on a minute. I hadn't realised how easily accessible it was to set up an online business and your own website and your own social media and all of that. Um, so I thought when I was figuring out whether I was going to return back to my corporate career, I thought, well, actually, I could do something online. And uh, so, yeah, so that's when I set up set up my coaching business online um, and just built it myself. I'll just unmute myself so that I can actually say something. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just made lots of background noises there and I, I, it was just because I was um, putting something into charge. <laughs> it wasn't because I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> um, it's just brilliant. Make it, make, it's interesting actually because um, pregnancy stuff had that similar um, situation with me and what I was doing with acting because like you say you, you sometimes you just have to be very pragmatic because um, you can't combine everything and so that was when I started writing one woman plays and stuff because I knew then I didn't have to worry about rehearsal schedules with other people and I could kind of just control the situation and do it sort of in bits and bobs so yeah sometimes life just um, makes things happen uh yeah 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 but listen yeah. listen right this business of yours okay obviously it will have evolved because um anyone who's in a coaching that that if you don't evolve then there's <laughs> frankly there's something wrong with your coaching um <laughs> no offense because we're all evolving all yeah, the time because we're evolving and we're getting to know people um different individuals and of course the, the more we hear of their stories the more we realize there are certain areas that we want to dig into more and that really kind of really make us bars as well in terms of growing what we do as a business so one area that obviously um, appealed to you and I don't blame you is this unpacking of baggage because of the huge barriers that that baggage can place on our growth so um so was that was that something that sort of happened fairly soon um so before I was doing what I do now the mindset and the life change stuff and helping get people get rid of their baggage I was um, doing sort of personal brand and business coaching mm. and I was really helping people to understand themselves to put themselves into their brand and I found that part really really fascinating um, so I think that's when I really started to get more interested in actually the people and what drives them and what they care about and what they're all about 
Um, and, and authenticity was a really important part of that for me, was to help them just be comfortable to bring out their true selves. Um, so, so that's where I really started to get more interested in it. And the, I think the hurdle that I kept coming up against with my clients was you could build them the, the greatest, help them, you know, discover themselves to create the best personal brand in the world. But there would always be some kind of mindset issues that would be stopping them from feeling comfortable putting it out there. Um, so I kind of investigated that a bit more. And originally, I thought when I was transitioning my business to what I do now, that what I do is I just get some extra mindset type qualifications um, in neurolinguistic programming and timeline therapy, hypnotherapy. There's all these things that I sort of got packaged up in my qualifications that were absolutely fascinating. And I'd originally thought, well, what I'll do is I'll just I'll tack that onto what I'm doing, um, because what I'll be able to do is help people get out of their own way. Um, when they're building a personal brand. So if they need a bit of mindset shifting at the same time, I'll, I'll do that. But as I got engrossed in all sort of the studies and everything that I was doing, I just, I was so fascinated by the neuroscience of it um, and, and really understanding people and understanding where all of this, these mindset issues come from and where all this baggage comes from. Um, and so I kind of, I, I decided, you know what, I just want to transition my whole business to, to help people get over that, because I have to say, when I first heard of timeline therapy, which is one of the things I do, I kind of thought, oh, that sounds a bit woo to me. Like, I'm not really, I'm not really sure whether that's going to be my bag or not. But it's, it was part of this really comprehensive um, training program that I was doing. Um, and anyway, once I'd learned it, it, I had to experience it at the same time as learning it. And I was absolutely amazed. It was almost magical. Um, the way you could just lift the weight off your shoulders, the way you could release all of that baggage from the past. And, and, and it, so it just totally, essentially, learning that changed my mind as to how I wanted to help people because I thought, wow, this is incredibly powerful stuff. And what's, you know, what's so interesting about it is a lot of that baggage that we're carrying around, we, we don't even know we're holding on to a lot of it. You know, it really is hidden right deep in the subconscious mind, you know, from a very early age, even from sort of naught to seven imprint age, you know, and some would argue from even before that past lives and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And it, I just find it so fascinating that you can, there's this, it's basically timeline therapy is a conscious subconscious cooperation process. So it's, it's, a, it's sort of a little bit, you could, you could say it could be a little bit like hypnotherapy, but it's not exactly um but hang what on, it does on, is hang it on, hang on hang the heck I'm, I'm going into too much detail hang, no way. not at all but i want to just repeat that so mm. you're so defining this time so listeners timeline therapy if you don't know about it this is an opportunity to learn because um this sounds to me like an incredibly useful um thing okay so um what you just described it subconscious say that again it's it's, it's conscious and subconscious cooperation conscious and subconscious cooperation love it yeah. love it yeah yeah so it's a process that uses both um so you you, you kind of get into the zone you know into that you've got to go into your mind you generally would close your eyes you know there's certain um words and things that we say and do to get you to essentially go into your mind and go back to the very first event where the root cause event so for example um, if you're talking about releasing negative emotions like anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, or shame, everybody's holding on to those in some form somewhere. And, and you don't even know it a lot of the time. <laughs> and so let's say you've got, um, let's say you've got anger, for example. 
because we always get rid of anger first. That when you very, very first experienced anger, it was probably at a time when you didn't even really have a developed logical brain. It would have been, it would have subconsciously gone in there. So something would have happened at one point when you were a tiny baby, probably, that made you experience an emotion of anger. And if you imagine like a string of pearls, so the first event was a little pearl on the string of pearls. And what your brain programming did at that point was it said, okay, so this is how I'm going to deal with this emotion. This is how I'm programming this emotion. Anything from now on that feels a bit like this is going on the anger string and it's going on this string of pearls. And so from whatever that very first event was, your brain starts to just put all these strings of pearls to program your brain to go, if this, then that, if this, then that, because that's just the way your subconscious mind works. You know, it's trying to be incredibly efficient at getting all this stuff done for you because you've got too many thoughts to deal with. You know, you've got over 60,000 thoughts a day. Yeah, you can possibly deal with all that consciously. So it, it does all these things on the string of pearls. And essentially what you do with timeline therapy is you go back right to the very beginning and then you smash it up so that all these pearls have just disappeared mm. and fallen across the room and, you know, and it's gone. And it's and it's incredibly powerful. And you don't, the beauty of it is you don't even have to remember the event. In fact, you probably can't remember the event because it was so far back that you, you literally wouldn't remember it in that way. But your brain kind of solves the problem for you. It knows what to do. It knows when you're going through this process of timeline therapy, it knows what to find as the first event. And then you essentially, you take you take the learnings from that your, your brain sort of pushes forward what you need to know from it and then you can let it go but you don't have to relive it or experience it you just have to take the positive learnings and the constructive learnings from it wow okay. it's so powerful That's, yeah that is that is very powerful um yeah interestingly i um another past guest well, i say past <laughs> anyway a guest on my podcast um Sarah Jane Woods, yeah. she, she does this. She oh gosh, I, it's, it's oh, I, the eyes, isn't it? The I eye thing, the eye yeah. thing. And I think there must be a similar bit of neuroscience behind that because you know this. It is quite good not to have to blabber on about oh god, well, there was that day and I was at this kids' party and I was the only one that yeah. didn't get couldn't get the past the parcel and and I remember and I just felt like everyone was laughing at me and then I wet my knickers and then everybody was laughing you yeah, whatever you don't I, I'm sorry about that business I don't know why I don't know why that came. I think I might have just done a bit of time life <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I have that problem anyway right so um yeah you don't have to do all that so that's because because that can get quite exhausting and also there is in terms of what you're doing by the way, have you read a recent book by Lisa Feldman Barrett? Um, uh, her uh, emotion constructed. Book. Yeah. Yes. Just up your street, I would imagine, because it really does remind you of what our brain does, you know, mm. and that it isn't this sort of slightly mysterious thing that kind of, you know, you, you're stuck with um, in terms of, of all your feelings and all the rest of it. Um, and I love that idea of the, the string of pearls because that's a bit like your synapses, basically, isn't it? And creating those, those synapses are kind of getting stronger and stronger 
as you it's for certainly in those first few years of life um but then you have to you know then they get shed because like you say you can't your head your brain can't hold all that stuff um no and you I, just the problem yeah. is you, you keep adding to it so everything yeah. that happens in your life you know however your brain got programmed over the years right from the very first instance and then you know subsequently over time it, it your brain just just fires it all in the same way like a computer program it just says right this is this is the way we run this thing this is so that's why so many people react differently to different emotions and different things trigger different people because it's all down to your unique experience and the way your brain has programmed itself but you know the good yeah. news is is we know through neuroplasticity that we can rewire the brain um, and we can let go of all of those negative emotions and then um, also you know limiting beliefs limiting decisions you can get rid of those using timeline therapy too so it's it's a really fast transformational process yeah um, which was another reason i liked it because you know you don't have to <laughs> sort of spend six months dragging out your baggage you can just it can just be gone yeah. oh my god i mean <laughs> you know in a matter of hours really yeah. wow that's incredible um yeah because um what you were saying then reminded me of the the term prediction error which is you know what your brain does so what so if if you've if you've had if you've got past baggage and and you have reacted to certain things in a certain way uh, blah 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 then your brain is basically just taking the easy route because why wouldn't it it's not a miracle i mean it is a miracle but you know what i mean um I think we give it more. I think we give it more magical powers than it is. I mean, it's a computer, and so you have, you're kind of so. Yeah, then then you like you say you drag that through your life because you somehow your brain is always predicting. Oh, this is how you're going to feel at this point. Oh, somebody's just said this thing. This is how you feel well, now. Well, that's it. Because you know, if you have it's, yeah over sixty thousand thoughts a day, you you couldn't possibly process that at all. Um, only five percent of what you process in a day is conscious everything else is subconscious because there's so much that needs to keep going on to keep your breathing keep your heart beating keep your thinking keep your speaking and you know you could you couldn't possibly so you have been programmed to subconsciously deal with all of that stuff and and so that's that's why you just react like that and actually the, a really interesting stat is and i was really i was really shocked when i learned this one in my neuroscience studies was that 80 to 90% of the thoughts we have today are the same as we had yesterday. Oh, I mean, the same. So <laughs> it just goes to show how if you don't decide to do any work on yourself or evolve or reprogram your brain, you are just going to be same shit different day. Because, you know, <laughs> most of those thoughts are just, they're just the same because it's easy for you to function yeah. that way. Um, yeah, so yeah, people people do get stuck in in. Oh my gosh, I mean, I, yeah, because there's something. It can be quite exhausting um, deciding that you're going to keep <laughs> forcing yourself to to shed baggage and and move out of six sort of cycles of thinking, cycles of behaviour. That you know, it, it's it's hard work, um, and I have done that frequently through my life not i'm not saying oh clever me i mean i sort of i think maybe i was just somehow programmed to be the kind of person that kind of thought no 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 i'm not no i'm not staying in this job no i'm not staying with with this husband no i'm not <laughs> whatever it is i have or no i'm not you know so but I don't think I was doing that very, very consciously until the latter part of my life. Um, but I think, uh, yeah. you know, the more you're tuned into yourself, and I think that must be what you were doing, yeah. is 
you at certain points were listening to your inner voice, listening to your gut going, do you know what, this doesn't feel right. And so, you know, when you realize it doesn't feel right, there's only so long you can ignore that noise in your head until you take action on it. And that's essentially what wake up calls are. It's, you know, it's when that ringing inside, you know, that alarm bell ringing inside your head, you can't shut it up anymore. And you go, I've got to take some action now. And, and through your life, you get so many, so many of these. Um, but I mean, essentially, with, with in, in terms of sort of brain programming, by the age of 35, you pretty much are hardwired to think and believe what you believe, which is why I talk about um, the first half of life, taking half time to let go of all that old stuff and figure out who you really are. So you can step into the second half as your true self, you know, yeah. because in that first half, you you do live to other people's expectations and shoulds and ought tos and values and beliefs, all the stuff you grew up with, whether it was parents, teachers, whether it was voices of bullies, whether it was um, voices of your know, first bosses that you had or peers, you know, you're picking up all this programming mm. and all this stuff and all these beliefs and you're sucking it all in like a sponge. And it, it does take a certain point in your life and it's usually in and around your 40s where something will happen and you'll start to go hang on a minute I don't think this actually feels right in fact I don't even know if I believe that anymore in fact is that my value or is that my parents in fact when I say this this voice is that my voice or am I listening to the voice of my mother um you know so it's it, it's all this first half programming that you kind of you, you need to work to get rid of because by the time you're 35 you've just become habitual and everything's going to become subconscious and you're pretty much wired in, yeah. in the way that you're going to carry on and you're going to do what you've always done and you're going to get what you've always got unless you choose to do something about it and you choose to take half time as I say to you know to do the work to figure out and what it, you really want and how to get it yeah and I know yeah because those those subliminal messages gee um I mean I, I remember I was up um, I was with some people and my mother was there and this was, I don't know, about seven years ago. So not that long ago. And there was an old school friend. It was actually at my, my wedding, but I don't want to go on about my complicated um, love life. But anyway, with my lovely current husband and um, um, my mother and a very old school friend was there, well, somebody I've known for life. And she was talking to my mother and my mother said, and I just happened to overhear this as I walked past the table, um, uh, saying, well, yes, well, of course, Trisha was always such a sickly child. And I literally, I was, my jaw dropped. And I was talking about this. I, was just, I said, what the heck kind of description is that? Because that, I don't connect with that at all. What's, but the fact that that was, I mean, I remember I had allergies. Okay, I had allergies, yeah. Um, a few asthma attacks. But th that, that, whatever the fact that that person was saying that all those years later means that somewhere in all of those years that was a label that i was i was carrying without realizing it yeah yeah that's yeah. it and if somebody says anything like that to you it, it just goes into your brain and you begin to believe it yeah you know so and, and that's the, that's the danger of parents <laughs> and um <laughs> of teachers and yeah. you know because we all do things differently and the thing is we, you know we all generally are doing the best we can yeah. you know with what we've got at yeah. the time and yes we grow and we evolve and thank goodness that we do yeah but you know no I, I don't think hardly any of our parents ever you know meant to say things that were going to impact us you know psychologically but you know, they just do, they were just doing what they'd learned. They were just doing what they'd been programmed to, to do and believe from the parenting that they had. So there's always going to have to be some kind of generational catch up. Um, and and I, I kind of hope that now 
we know more about this stuff and we talk more about this stuff that we can actually do a bit more sort of conscious parenting and, and thought through parenting um i know we're always going to slip into into old you know old habits and old voices because they are hard to completely get rid of but i i personally do consciously parent very differently and i'm very careful of um what i say to my daughter and how i say things and um you know that you are talking about you know if you're if you're disciplining them for some reason you're talking about the behavior not the person you know because it's not the person that is something it's the behavior that you're talking about and it's the behavior that you're um, finding unacceptable yeah. and it's all that kind of stuff but you you know you kind of you have to be practiced at doing it because it's easy to slip into the whole oh don't be silly you know yeah of, I, I think the word I like the word um I, I like the word conscious I also like the state um but I like I like that because I, I talk about consciously tweaking when you're, uh, you know, when you're presenting or even in a conversation or an interview or anything. It's just, it, because I'm trying to get people to understand that that doesn't mean you're being fake or inauthentic. Um, you, 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 you just have to bring some conscious thought to how you're coming across and your which bit of you are you bringing to this moment and all of those other things. And because otherwise. Yeah, we could so easily say something we didn't mean to say. I mean, how easy is it for something to slip out of our mouth without thinking, oh my gosh, I wish I hadn't said that. Yeah, and then, you know, yeah. and then what if you just let it slip and don't do anything about it, but yeah. then that's totally landed in somebody's brain and then they yep. think about that forevermore and you wouldn't even know. We know, we know how much we, we hold on, you know, that thing about one tiny little possibly perceived as negative and we're thinking about it for two months later you know as opposed to all the thousands of fabulous things that have been said to us um so it is it's it's a it's a dangerous thing um and, you know don't want to frighten everybody but being conscious <laughs> about what you say and, and what you receive and then what you do with it and then uh pressing stop and pause and and reframing and i'm sure you talk about all of that and in yeah. fact you talk about um refinding yourself basically yeah yeah and well that's sort of part of the um i, I talk about the selves in a in this way mm -hmm. so i say you've got your best self you've got your worst self you've got your lost self and then you've got your greatest self right in a little pie chart <laughs> nice and you know and your best self is is when you are um true to yourself and you're being your best friend and your cheerleader and you aren't judging yourself and it's you know it's that sort of self-love place when you're coming from your best place and then your worst self is like the inner critic voice you know and the judgment and the self-hatred and the voices and you know and all of this sort of baggage stuff that we've been talking about and essentially you've got to learn how to turn the volume down as if it was you know a, a radio station turn the volume down on your worst self and then you've got your lost self and that that really is that part that sort of we've been talking about earlier where you've had some kind of wake-up call and you've realized that you spent the first half of your life to all these other expectations beliefs rules things that you thought needed to be and you've suddenly discovered hang on a minute maybe it doesn't um and so what does that mean for me now and so who even am i and what do i really value and what do i really care about and if i was actually true to myself and to go within my heart and someone say this is me what's that because you know not not everybody does that i mean some of us have and we're lucky enough to have done it so we can move into this sort of path that feels like you know authenticity to us but um yeah a lot of people they just 
they just sort of carry on and say, oh, no, but this is me. You know, yes, I am sickly or I am shy and I am this and I am that. And they label themselves with all mm. of these things. But do you ever stop to question your labels? You know, mm. do you ever stop to ask yourself, well, hang on a minute. Is this really true? What evidence do I have? You know, what would I rather it be? What evidence do I have that it could be the new thing? Um, so, yeah, so, that, so there's a whole period of the sort of the lost bit where you kind of need to rediscover how you want your life to be and feel and who you really are inside without that old baggage. Let go of the baggage so that you can you now, know, find that part of you. So once you have then been able to tune into your best self, been able to turn down the volume on the worst self, the lost self, you've learned the lessons from the lost self, but, you know, you now know who you are. That's when you can step into the greatest self, your authentic, true self. Um, so, yeah, that's how I kind of talk about it to try and, try so, and explain to people. So I'm going to just put um, fly something up the old flagpole um, before we wrap up this conversation, because I always knew I'd struggle to wrap up this conversation. And you'll have to come back for part two at some stage. Um, so I... I have alluded, I have alluded to the fact that I have been married more than once um, and had some interesting, therefore, challenges in my um, relationships. And I am feeling that I, I'm worried that I might be a bit smug now because I'm with an incredibly supportive, just, just, you know, just a very good person to be with. Um, and my as I call it, unsquashing journey has has happened, you know, over the years really that I've I've sort of um yeah, and he, he's been around during that. So I am I am aware that not everybody has necessarily got themselves surrounded with quite that um support. So how do you go about this if you are being i don't i don't mean that you've got a horrible person in your life but that maybe someone is is adding to the you know labels even in the nicest possible way even even in a humorous way you know but on a daily basis you're getting that sort of stamped back into your wiring um can you uh, short of short of leaving that person and i'm not telling everybody to leave that person um can you work is it possible to do this with, without necessarily having the top-notch supportive network around you well the thing is is if you let go of all that old baggage so let's say everything that is tied to um you know the anger sadness the fear the hurt the guilt the shame if you smash up that string of pearls so you're not getting triggered by those things anymore you'll soon find that you're not feeling or reacting in the same way to those people and in fact you'll probably be able to handle it slightly differently and it's the same with limiting beliefs that you might have that other people are still trying to tap into you and say are still true if you let go of those and you change them and you reframe them and you say actually no this is this is me now you've got so much more power i suppose you know or you feel more empowered and you the weight's off your shoulder you're less triggered you know who you are you've got the confidence of your convictions and and yeah, you're not being emotionally pressed to that point that you would snap back. So yeah, if you do, if you do the work, you can let go of that stuff. And then you might find that you want to look around at your life and say, okay, what can I do about this situation then? You know, yeah. do I want to try and yeah. heal it or do I want to leave it? Yeah. Um, so actually much, change it? yeah. So much more healthy. Just say, for instance, you did end up changing the situation. I'm not advocating that it just runs off. But the point is that better to do it probably 
um, if, if you are going to after you've been through this process, because then you're not doing it blindly. You, you, you know, you're not doing it based on an emotional feeling that some, something isn't right. Something isn't right. Or that person is wrong or whatever. You're, you've, you've gone through this lovely, beautiful, calm, um, you know, shedding a pearl journey thing. And, um, and so then if you do make that decision, you're doing it with so much less anger and frustration and bitter and twisted and, and also you're less likely to go, go and um, perhaps involve yourself with somebody who you do the whole thing all over again with. Absolutely, because you repeat patterns. You repeat yeah. patterns, don't you? Just yeah. based on your old programming. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you might have, you know, one of those friends who always seems to be in a, you know, this, a relationship with the same kind of person, you know, who is never really that good for them. And it's just because their brain yeah. sort of just attracted them to that, yeah. to that person. Yeah. But that's because of the baggage. You know, you just got to let go of all that old baggage. Yeah. And yeah. because it's so empowering, it is, it is like finding yourself all over again. It is, and, 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 and I think it's really important at this stage to, be, everything that you've said, people really need to listen to this with the mindset that, that nothing you've said has been, oh, just, you know, just move on, you know, forget all that, that's all in the past, because that's rubbish. It's just the same as if I just said, oh, just be you, you know, it's such a meaningless empty phrase because the work that you have to put into consciously to go on that journey um, is a thing, okay? So I, I think people in this day and age, particularly with a sort of instant instance, um, think, oh, oh, all right then, I'll, I'll just get rid of my baggage. And then they can't understand why they don't quite seem to be able to. It's, it's just not that, it, well, I say it's not that easy. Actually, if you do something like this, it is comparatively easy, as you've explained. But Yeah, you know. I mean, with timeline therapy, it, it, it's much quicker and easier than you, yeah. than you think. But that's one part of the process. Um, yeah. You know, but yeah, if you, if you do choose to work with a coach, it just totally speeds up. Yeah. Absolutely. The process of letting go of the old and deciding what you want the new to be yeah. and then being able to go out and get it because you've got out your own way. Yes. So, well, yeah, so yeah it speeds uh, it up yeah. if you work with a coach, particularly timeline therapy. Um, it, it works. It's a really rapid transformational tool to use. You know, you, yeah. you can in, you know, in a matter of hours, you can get rid of anger, sadness, fear, hurt and guilt. Yeah. And, and that is going to be feeding, I mean, we've, we've touched on personal relationships because you can't split your personal life from your business life. You, I mean, that, that's daft. Um, we're, we're humans, <laughs> you know, we're existing in all these spaces. So we've touched on the personal stuff, but of course, obviously, all of that applies to your business. If you're in the wrong business, <laughs> if, you're, if you're going down the wrong path and you do this process consciously, then you're likely to make a much better move when you transition a little bit into something else. And if you just simply thought, oh no, I don't, oh God, no, this isn't right. Oh, I don't know why I'm doing this. And on you blunder to, to the next thing. So mm. I'm gonna- it, it will get easier yeah. for you to step outside your comfort yeah. zone, to do more brave things. Yeah. Um, because Absolutely. you're not holding yourself back with limiting beliefs. Love it. Love it. Good play. Stop. Everybody, everybody stop. Okay, I'm talking to myself, by the way, at this point. Right. So, Lucy, tell us where, what, anything you want to tell people how to get connected to you, basically, and anything they can do or whatever. Yeah, well, if, if people want to learn more about their old brain, program, brain programming, can't even say it now, um, I have an ebook that you can download from my website. Um, my website's lucygriffinstiff.com. And my ebook is How to Create the Freedom to Be Your Authentic Self. 
Um, so you can go and find that. Um, and then I'm also, I also have a Facebook group called the Halftime Mindset Makeover. Um, and we're just, a, we're a small community, but we, we have a theme each week and we, we try and learn one new thing each week to make over our mindset. Um, and I am on Facebook as um, uh, Design Your Life with Lucy Griffin Stiff. And I'm on LinkedIn as me, Lucy Griffin Stiff. So um, I'm well, in all these places. Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> Honestly, every time everybody mentions Facebook groups, I go through this. Uh, so clearly, I've got some baggage there. I just go through this. Oh my God, I failed. I failed to do a Facebook group. Um, I just don't think it's as easy. It's not easy and you have to really know why you're doing it, what you're doing it for and how you're going to have a bit of a strategy. And I think whenever I've tried to do it, I've, I've just kind of spontaneously started a Facebook group. And surprise, surprise, <laughs> it hasn't really worked. So um, well done for all those things which sound very coherent to me. And I love that chat and I could go on for ages so you will no doubt I've got and I say this to quite a few guests which means that this podcast will be going in the year 2050 way beyond me I'll just <laughs> I'll just record them all and somebody can post them or something and yeah um that'd be quite nice wouldn't it what a legacy my, my podcast could live on beyond and your me. book and my book yeah. Yeah, thanks thanks lucy nice yeah. one yeah got that <laughs> okay this is fabulous i will i will say goodbye and no doubt speak to you soon and thank you so much for that fascinating chat thank you so much for having me yes! take action try this one small step well maybe start with package no seriously do it forensically step by step so just pick one limiting belief be brutally honest, whether it's sometimes the way you feel late at night, early in the morning, when you're having a bad day, when something triggers you regularly. Just pick one because we've all got them and now try and relate it back to something that might have embedded from a long time ago. Now, you don't need to go all on the couch Freudian about this. Just recognise it. Bring it out. Think, ah, and then decide you're going to chuck it away. Listen again, tell people about it. Go over to iTunes and leave me a review and scatter some stars around. And head over to trishalewis.com, investigation report tab, and sign up for my twice-monthly newsletter with podcast updates and a whole load of extra treats that only you will get. And connect with me on LinkedIn and on Instagram would be my favourites. Look forward to the next episode. Never be replaced.